0: Hey everybody, it's Alex. Today on the podcast, we talk with Ashley Nicole Lewis. She's from Bad Ash Outdoors. She's a fishing guide from Washington State. And we had a great conversation about all kinds of different things. She was recently featured on the TV show, The One Boat Challenge. Um, you can look that up online. There's a bunch of other stuff she's got her hands in. She's an extremely talented person, an extremely talented guide, very nice individual that we've come to know over the years. And if you don't know who she is by now, you're going to be wanting to follow her after you listen to this conversation. So, without further ado, Ashley Nicole Lewis. People. Hey, there she is. Hey. <laughs> Like, how are you? I'm doing well. If I, I had to restart my phone. It wasn't connecting to Instagram Live for some reason. It kept kicking me off. But whatever. Here we are.
1: Here we are. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm doing a whole bunch of prep right now to get out and go fishing. So I'm excited, but I don't know if you ever, ever had those days where you're like, I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. And then you start diving into all of the prep and you're like, Oh, I want to get this ready. Well, I want to do that. And you're like, yeah, I'm not going fishing tomorrow. I'm prepping all day long. <laughs> it's one of those days. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. I know the feeling. I know for sure. I, uh, I've been just so head down that I didn't, I haven't even uh, registered my drift boat for 2020 yet. That's oh, snap. <laughs> I just realized that yesterday, I haven't been able to leave this shop. It's been crazy, but yeah. Yeah. So, um,
1: you can fish now. I can fish now.
0: Yeah. Have you been out?
1: I went out the other day uh, to one of the lakes by my house and I did some bass fishing and saw a bunch of bass sitting up on beds and just kind of got like locked into that for most of the afternoon and played around with them and Yeah. So um, I want to go do some kokanee fishing. I want to do some musky fishing. I want to do some trout fishing. I want to do some sam I want to do all of the fishing. Like I'm almost over like, look at this, look at this around me. I just have like, well, what if I need this for bass? And what if I need that for this? And what if I need this for that? Like, (laughs) yeah, I just am ready for all of it.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. I I am super ready to get out myself. I I haven't, like I said, I haven't been able to do anything, leave, leave the shop, but um, we went out on the Willamette, I don't know, two weeks ago and did a little smallmouth fishing here in Salem, right off the, you know, out of downtown is actually not bad, but oh, nice. um, we got into a couple, but it wasn't stellar. It was just kind of a exploratory, get the hell out for the first time kind of situation. Yeah. But you got, you've been cooped up for, you know, over a month. You couldn't fish at all. And, it's true. Um, let me ask you a question about the opening on the fifth. Do you feel like anglers in Washington, um, took everything seriously and were responsible and did what they needed to do to make sure you guys could continue to, to fish?
1: Yeah, I think, I think there's, you know, you could say a lot of different things about how this is all being handled and I don't, yeah. certainly don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I will say that I think the general consensus is folks up here get that, is a big deal we want to take care of each other and we want to be able to fish and we want to continue to open up places and to do more things so from what I saw everyone was taking it slow everyone was really courteous to others giving lots of space you didn't see a bunch of people jammed in boats anywhere and I mean that was from my you know fairly limited you know experience at a few places who knows what it was like at more popular areas but um like I one of the lakes that I fish. I fished a couple lakes in one day. The second lake that I fished, there was a couple that came down to the boat launch and they had full masks on and everything. And they launched their yeah. paddle boards, got on their paddle boards, waited till they got out in the middle of the lake before they took them off. Like people are being <laughs> considerate and cautious, yeah. and it's been kind of cool to see how everyone's worked together to try to make it, you know, workable for all of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I think that here in Oregon, you know, we we were able to fish. Um, and i think that there was i think that people were definitely being respectful of even if they disagreed with everything they're being respectful of the fact that that this whole thing's kind of bigger than just what they want to do you know um and and i think that that's good i think that that allowed us to to continue to be able to to fish down here and and i feel like that even though they closed a lot of the boat ramps. And there was only a couple boat ramps. And immediately in my, in in my mind, I was like, Okay, you're gonna close all the boat ramps and leave two boat ramps open. Doesn't that just funnel everybody into two boat ramps? And we like, right. like, like you said, we don't need to go down the, the theory of it road. But even at that people were respectful, people were doing the right thing. And I, I think that's that says a lot about the the outdoor community at large, you know, um,
1: even if you linked.
0: disagree with what's going on, they, they're still willing to abide by the rules, you know.
1: Absolutely. Couldn't agree more.
0: Are, are you getting ready to uh, do some springer fishing?
1: Yeah, so yes, the, there's also springer fishing stuff in this boat. There's like pretty much any kind of fishing that you could think of to do in the Northwest. I even have like Mm surf perch stuff set up like in the garage, a little box put together for like Justin Casey's, but yeah, I want to do some springer fishing. I want to kind of wait till I can get out with some friends because springer fishing isn't a lot of, isn't at all what I guide for up on the peninsula. Uh, We don't really get a springer run of fish on my, my two rivers that I guide on. Um, So generally when I go out, I go out with friends. I'm excited to go out with my friends at the sports shows. They're really big into it, but I'm also kind of like by my time to when it's, you know, more appropriate, more safe to go out with others. So springer yeah. fishing certainly going to happen. Probably not this week for me. Um, so I'm going to be targeting some other fisheries, but man, I certainly can't wait to have a bite of a 2020 springer. That'll be cool. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, what about, tell us about the show. I want to know more yeah. about the One Boat Challenge deal.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. So the One Boat Challenge was, Honestly, Alex, like I didn't know what to expect from like the time it started and I was asked to be a part of the production to the time we uh, premiered the show at Bassmaster Classic this year. It was the wildest ride ever. So, I mean, taking it back a little bit, I cast of last year, I went out fishing with some of our friends from Gerber and we did an offshore trip out of Florida and I met some new friends there that were on the trip and um, and those folks, you know, I stayed in touch with and that sort of thing ended up putting on the show the one boat challenge, which was an invitation for anglers, uh, a handful of anglers across the country that are, you know, notable in their respective areas to come down and do a fishery that they're not familiar with, which is bass fishing. And uh, so, I mean, essentially, it was taking all of these like very capable anglers and dropping us off in a lake we've never been to a fish that we don't fish for, and then pushing us to compete against each other using electronics that we are, you know, maybe familiar with, but maybe not familiar with a boat that we're not familiar with at all. And uh, we we had to like duke it out on the water, angler versus angler.
0: That's cool. (laughs) And and my phone um, battery
1: is running low, so I'm gonna run inside. I'm gonna jump out of my boat and run inside.
0: Okay. Um, so, so you were out there with Cameron, right? Yeah. So you guys were a team. Yeah, yes.
1: Yeah. yeah Cameron was my teammate. That
0: yeah. That's cool.
1: How yeah, was Yeah, Cameron it was, was such a good
0: teammate. What was that? I I was just asking how was it fishing with him on a tournament. Dude,
1: so I mean, i would never fished before with Cameron at all. But when we got there, and I was like, snap, it's Cameron Black's here. And uh, I was like, either they're gonna put us against each other because we're both from the Northwest, or -hmm. they're gonna let us like join forces and unite and that sort of thing. So when I heard that we get to join forces, In my mind, you know, I don't know a ton about bass fishing, but I've had a lot of clients that were bass fishers. And usually the transition from a bass angler to a steelhead angler is pretty seamless because they kind of get the idea of precision casting of like more of a finesse style fishing. Mm -hmm. And so they usually translate really well. So my thought was like, okay, well, if I've got my steelhead game down, in theory, should be just fine when it comes to bass. And yeah. you know how it is here in the Northwest with a lot of us, like we love our steelhead, we love our salmon, and we think bass are cool, but you know, they, they do kind of take the back seat to some oh, of the problems yeah. that we have, yeah. for sure. Um, so like, ditch pickles is not a name that people probably haven't heard of in the Northwest
0: for bass. Yep. Yep.
1: And uh, so I thought like we've like, Cameron and I are gonna be like phenomenal teammates. And we thought about fishing, uh, very similarly. So we had very similar approaches to how we were going to break down different environments. And one of the, you know, immediate challenges is for people like us who spend a lot of time in moving water to be on a flat glass lake, and to have to think about what's below the surface. Yeah, you will know, get little ripples and things in the water to that's give away.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really think about that. Like, like what a what a different transition when you're just so used to moving water. And then right. now you have to think about structure, Um, and water temperature at at different levels and all that stuff that happens in a lake environment that that you wouldn't normally necessarily think about.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so both of us kind of had that same uh, challenge, I think, right away. Like, here's this open lake. It's a huge lake. You're in a different country. Go figure out where these fish are going to be. And it was like, okay, well, what do we know? We know structure. We know, you know, shading, daytime, like how the weather, the sun's gonna impact our fishery. We know these things. So how are we gonna translate that to bass now and try to have some success? Yeah. And using our knowledge of salmon and steelhead and a little bit of bass in the northwest, mm-hmm. yeah. we are able to go out and find fish and be like be a competitor, be a challenge for our other teams.
0: Well, if you're gonna be on a team with somebody, that's one fish you to be on a team. Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: And I can't wait. You know, Cameron and I have stayed in touch really well since then and have lots of plans to go out and do more fishing together and more, cool. you know, hanging out with the addicted crew. I mean, yeah. I love those guys are all like brothers to me at this point and it's Sweet. been a really cool thing.
0: Yeah. Nice. Well, that's awesome. And then there was something else. Television wise going on, right?
1: Yeah. I've had a couple of irons in the fire. <laughs> it's <laughs> been really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, uh, NBC sports Northwest, and I have partnered for a digital series. So a, a episode series that will live online and yeah. it's going to be called Breakout with Bad Ash. And it will right. be, it'll be shenanigans and fishing trips and fun to be had all around the Northwest with different fisheries and different friends and different things to showcase because we are just a gold mine of fun uh, yeah. in Washington <laughs> and Oregon and Idaho and that sort of thing. and yeah. so. know to it's really a lot about my perspective as you know a female with my sidekick dog you know all over the place trying to chase a fish and show that you know while the barriers to entry into fishing can feel challenging or like if you're from the inner city or something it's not for you but i'm there to show that if i can do a lot of these things if you can throw me in different environments and i can start figuring it out Um, My goal is to break down those barriers of entry for people because trout and kokanee and, you know, even salmon and steelhead, those things are accessible, we just have to find the ways that suit different people and meet them where they're at. So, I mean, not for everyone, a first fishing experience mid February for steelhead on the peninsula with like a decent raincoat is a great way to get somebody to like never come back fishing. Yeah. Yeah. But there's times and places where we can introduce people to fishing in ways that maybe they haven't thought of and get more people involved because as you know, and as, as all of our friends watching know that it's when you're there and you're experiencing those places that we start yeah. to care about them and that's the way cool. that we think about the outdoors changes.
0: Yeah, that, that's very well said. Um, I, I agree with you. I'm excited to see that. I I was actually um, just cruising Facebook Watch one day and came across um, – oh, what the heck is her name? Um, God, it's escaping me right now. Her dad has a, a show on Outdoor Network. Um, uh, Ava Shockey. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say that but I wasn't sure yeah
0: yeah 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 her show and it was it's a digital series on Facebook and I was really impressed with the production value and what they did with her show because it it gave her an opportunity I don't know I was just impressed with the way they put it together because it, it really came across like it was her show it wasn't like somebody going hey, attractive female, stand here and hunt and fish. It was like her idea of how she wanted to present the her experience in the outdoors. And I thought that was cool.
1: That's so awesome. And and, and that's we need so much more of that. Like we need more women out in the woods, on the water, doing exactly those things, sharing it from their authentic experience. And, and I'm really glad that it came across that way for Eva's show, because you're right, so many times we see, you know, maybe someone that's a, a pretty face or is very, you know, influencer E, if I can yep. say that, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and there's a sense of like, maybe less than authentic value to that. Sure. And it doesn't yeah. help us break down some of those barriers for folks that maybe want to try those things. It makes it seem like you have to look like this or be like this or do like this in order to have those experiences. And I'm really glad that, you know, Eva's in, in a lot of ways, like trailblazing in that in that um, in that respect, to get more yeah. people involved, and I certainly aspire to do the same.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I'm excited to see what you do with your show. It's going to be Thanks. that's going to be a cool experience for you. Just the the back end production of doing something like that is is super interesting. You know, we did a couple years ago. We did a CNBC show down in Texas, West Texas Investors Club, and. My brother and i went down there and it was a week-long thing to film a 30-minute show and it was the the show that part that was fun whatever but the back end all the people that come together to make something like that happen the production the way that they edit all that stuff it's a super interesting process
1: it is super interesting and i'm really lucky to have the producer that I do like he's very, very dedicated something he said to me over and over again is like, this is never going to be a hey, we talked to the local, you know, white tail trophy ranch, and we're going to sit you out on this really expensive post to shoot this really expensive animal that we've set yeah. up like we are never going to have that we yeah. are going to see like real failure, real success, real yeah. shenanigans, like real like uh, the ridiculous moments that I have. All of the times that I'm chasing around my dog, making sure he's not eating stuff. He's not supposed to be like all of the real things that happen <laughs> yeah. when you're yeah. outdoors. And I, I love that we have this commitment to authenticity and we have this commitment to setting real expectations. We don't have success all the time. And yeah. I think that that's important to share too.
0: That's cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see how that turns out. Um, so... I'm curious a little bit on your kind of origin story. How did you get into fishing and hunting in the outdoors? Like what, what was the catalyst to push you in that direction as a, probably as a child, I would imagine, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and maybe, gosh, there's a lot of things, but what I can say for sure, the biggest influence on my life has been, um, I'm a member of the Quinnell Indian nation. And mm-hmm. as a Coast Salish people, not only do we consider salmon like a part of our culture, but the actual like heartbeat, like the lifeblood of the culture is salmon. And so I didn't grow up, I grew up for one, I thought everyone had razor clams for dinner, like three nights a week. (laughs) I thought everyone ate salmon like every, like all the time, or elk or deer. Like, I remember when we would buy like hamburger from the store just to like make a burger one night or something like that. It was like, oh, I guess we're out of beer, mate. We have to go to the store and buy it. Like, it, yeah. it was just a different way of life that I grew up. And my family placed a lot of value and emphasis off of, Gathering your food outside, and clam digging, and doing these things as a family unit and together, and that's why, like, I think clam digging will always have a very special place in my heart because it is such a family event. Like the family yeah. goes out and digs, even if you like don't really like your family, right? If it's not for the love, it's for the limits. <laughs> because the more people you have, like, the more limits you can get. And sometimes kind of I don't like think my mom, did... yeah, it's like I don't yeah. think my mom always wanted to bring me, but I was a limit, so I got to. Go. Right. And um, So I really started then. And I would say where my fishing career really kicked off was I was spending a lot of time out in the peninsula steelhead fishing with some friends, I was like 14 years old. And I remember seeing the guides out there doing their thing, Letty Potter, Clay Butler, all out there in the woods, you know, guiding their clients. And I'd be there with like any friends that had a license that could get me out there so I could go play around and go fishing and watching them work and doing their thing and thinking, oh, that's so cool. And I'm very, very lucky because Letty Potter was a female guide for the Quinault Nation, still is today. And I never grew up thinking there weren't female guides. Like that was never anything that I had to think about. And I, yeah. I understand how fortunate I am for that. You always had an
0: example, that's cool.
1: And it's so important that we have role models, people that look like us that we can relate to as examples. And so I will never forget that. Um, but I started going to college, you know, I'm growing up, I'm going to college and I'm not fishing as much. And my friends are like wanting to go fishing yeah. and you know, I'm just worried about paying for books. And then it was like, Hey, we'll pay you to take us fishing. And like a light turned on for me. Like I can make this a business. <laughs> I can pay yeah, yeah. my books. I can go to college. I can go fishing. What Ashley wins today. And, yeah. um, and that's how the guiding piece started, um, And then I think from there, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, once you get people out, and I'm sure you've taken people out for the first time or seen some first fish experiences, but once you create that for somebody else and you know that you have just ruined the rest of their life in Mm -hmm. this manner, um, it's something that I find a lot of significance in and meaning in uh, that now I've created like this environment where people can start caring about fish and yeah. water and forests and all of these things that we care about. We know why we should care about it. But we're like essentially like creating more people in support of these places and things. Um, and it's addicting and it's what I want to do with my life now.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. What a, uh, what a cool thing for a child to see, you know, yeah. uh, you think about people who grow up and you know, that, young kid that sees Michael Jordan, and says, you know, I could be that or, you know, a young, young female that sees uh, somebody playing in the WNBA or or tennis or something like that. And they're like, I could do that. Um, But you don't really have for a long time, we didn't really have those examples in the outdoor space, right? Yeah, I mean, very few, I guess I should say. and that's, uh, that's pretty interesting. You know, when we we did an interview a couple of years back with um, Jim and Donna Donatini. Yeah, and, and uh, Donna and her daughters and granddaughters, you know, everybody looks at Jim for his long career in the fishing world. But Donna is pretty accomplished in her own right. You know, casting champion and all that stuff. Nobody talks about that. But yeah. her, the way her daughters and uh, just to see the way her daughters and, and granddaughters look up to her in that respect as a family is, is cool to see. Um, yeah,
1: absolutely. Especially as a, as
0: a dad of two daughters, you know, like my daughters are going to grow up and they're going to have strong female examples from their mom's side of the family uh, predominantly. Um, but it's, it, it's nice to know that in the outdoor space, there's people that it's nice to know that that message was, handed down to you, without yeah, you knowing, and that you're kind of without even really probably thinking about it being that example for somebody else. You're passing. Yeah. It on.
1: yeah. And it, when I was um, younger in this, like early 20s, I remember um, people like, Oh, get more women involved. And I would be like, Yeah, that seems like Yeah, that sounds cool. And they'd be like, okay, so you know, we need to tell them that they can do this. And we need to, you know, paint the walls pink and stuff like that. And they would be like, No, <laughs> no, like, they know that they can do it. There's just yeah. like, there's just some things that we need to make the industry more, like approachable for people. And it, yeah. like, with a, with a more immature mind, I didn't want to do those things. Because I thought, why are why are we asking people permission for women to go fishing and women to do these things and with more maturity I see that not all of these institutions and spaces are easy for women to navigate so I think about those things differently now but having those examples taught me that you don't need permission you don't need someone to create a space for you to be you know how to do however you want to do or you know fish or hunt or however you want to show up in those places just do it and I think that that's kind of where I sit now with a lot of those things is even though it's not a perfect industry and it's not a perfect space and an easy space for a woman to be all of the time and I think the empowering piece that I would want to share with women is like then let's just stop waiting let's just do it our way let's show up the way that we want to show up and Mm -hmm. make it our own and not really wait for anyone else to figure it out like you get behind it or don't and yeah um, and I'm really glad that I had women that were just in it and just did it and um, it's been the, probably one of the single most uh, influential things in my life is that
0: yeah yeah you know I mean it really doesn't matter what <laughs> what equipment you're born with you know what I mean like right you know like my my one thing that my dad always said that stuck with me was you know, the only difference between you and the guy you're going to hire to do it is that he already knows how to do it.
1: Yeah, you know, sure. so
0: get out there and figure it out. You know? Yep. Um, so that's cool. Well, what's what's I, I, I have a, a final question for you. But I want to ask like, what's next for you in all of your adventures and TV shows and everything else? What's what's the thing you're most excited about that's happening soon?
1: Uh, I think I'm most excited about some of the YouTube stuff coming out and mostly because like I simply just enjoy it the most because I have full control over what that Mm. content looks like and I can go out fishing and be like this is really cool and I would like to show this thing to people and not worry too much about like if it fits within you know this category or that category. Um, I think at heart, like I'm just a creative person and um, a, an extrovert, and I just want to like share things with people and I want people yeah. to look and be a part of it and that yeah. sort of thing. And I think I get to do that most with some of the YouTube stuff and show how diverse I am as an angler and as an outdoors woman and that sort of thing. But to be honest about what's next, I think the truth is, from being honest, things are like. There's so much ambiguity with what's happening around us that I I don't know what's going to happen next and what is going to be available to happen next. Waking up
0: tomorrow is the thing I'm most excited about.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I was able to find that fishing rod today. Like, I don't know if I'll find it again tomorrow. Like, like, who knows what what it's going to be like. So I'm just trying to, you know, stay true to self, do the things that I really enjoy and care about. And yes. um, really looking forward to seeing friends and being around like my people and, um, yeah, that's what's next. Hopefully,
0: you got your own podcast too, right?
1: Yeah, I do. I have a podcast. Yes, uh, and... it's called Badass Outdoors, and it is full on. Like, I have no intentions on growing it to be this like massive podcast. Sure. I just wanted to be a creative outlet where I can say whatever I want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's I, awesome. I get it.
0: talk to me about the will it smoke thing because you did a Twinkie. Yes. And then didn't you do a drink too. It was not a Twinkie. It was a strawberry shortcake roll. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> How did I, I haven't watched it? I've just seen them pop up and I haven't had time to sit down and actually watch them. But just the thought of it, the minute I saw the whatever it was the strawberry shortcake thing. I, yeah. I was like genius. <laughs> genius move because you I've noticed you've already done you've done a lot of the cooking stuff but yeah. that to me I was just like people are going to watch this because it's just it's like the show on Netflix where it's like the, the cooking competition where they cook with weed. Yes. Have you seen that? Yes, it's like I have that. seen this. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I watched it last night because I was like what do you make with weed? I don't know. Right. <laughs> I mean, Let's so find out. It,
1: yeah, how did it turn out? I think like, it was horrible. Like I, I, it was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. Okay, so the drink, the drink was really, really good because yeah. like when I go out like to a cocktail lounge or whatever, yeah. if they have a smoked old fashioned on the menu, I, I want that. I, I, I am a whiskey person. I love old fashions. Mm-hmm. And if we can make it cherry wood smoked, all the better. Yep. And so I smoked a, old fashioned at home and mm-hmm. it wasn't the same as how they do it in restaurants, but like I had my smoker going, why not? And it was yeah. really, really good. It was delicious. I loved it. And yeah. It, and it had like a good smoked flavor to it. And then I think what was the other thing I did? I thought, well, if an old fashioned is good and I also love creme brulee, wouldn't an old fashioned creme brulee be fine? Yeah. And it was fine. And then I was like, can i smoke that too <laughs> um and then i think it was like out of these ridiculous thoughts that it was like yeah. what else can i put in my smoker let's just put all the things on the tray <laughs> and, yeah um but those things were all good but the smoked rolls it was like i think the re- re- my reaction in the video if there's nothing else worth worth watching in the video it's like the the slow mo reaction of me eating it um <laughs> but it's like a sad burnt peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And then like, if you, if you have like, you ate something and you just can't get the taste out of your mouth and it doesn't matter what you eat and what you drink, like it's just going to be there. And that's how it was. It was just there. Like little Debbie latched onto my soul in that moment. She was like, why did you smoke my foods? I'm going to (laughs) be you all day. It was like that.
0: Well, I, you got my wheel spin. I want to do a pecan pie.
1: Oh that's a great idea.
0: Cuz Pe- nuts like like you know walnuts and pecans they they kind of have like a meaty consistency, you what? know and they, and they've smoked almonds. So why wouldn't a smoked pecan pie be good?
1: See, this is the beauty of will it smoke. This is right? so fun. Okay, right? so would you smoke the whole pie or would you just smoke the almonds and then make the pie? You only but- smoke the almonds.
0: You can't all, you won't all, because or excuse me, the, the pecans. Oh the pecans. Because if yeah. you smoke the crust, it's too much. That you the yeah. crust of, of, will absorb, I would imagine, like the that little Debbie did. Right?
1: Yeah. But
0: maybe maybe you smoke the like filling part, you know? The oh. kind of sugary, gooey part, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. What kind of wood would you use? <sighs> you know, that's a good question. Applewood. Applewood would be good. Applewood, Can you get that would
0: be, yeah. Apple, apple flavor. You know that applewood flavor that you get with that.
1: Yeah, because it's a little bit sweeter in nature, anyways. Yeah. Um, cherry. I think cherry would be good with that too. And yeah. I, yeah. I have some pecan wood too. I don't know if that's like pecan on pecan is like a good idea or a bad idea. You'll have to let me know how that goes. Yeah.
0: So so I'm thinking about picking up. I don't have. I have a little chief, right, but I don't have like a Traeger or anything. So yeah. I, I was planning on picking one up for my birthday this summer. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. if I do it, if I do it, I'm going to film the first bite, and I'm going to send it to you. Yes. And, and I'll send you my recipe, what I did, if it's awesome. If it sucks, I'll still send you the recipe just to watch your face when you take my recipe. <laughs> 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 All right. great. Well, Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Tell everybody where they can find you.
1: Yeah, I mean everywhere at Badass Outdoors. I'm on Instagram, Badass Outdoors, Facebook. Please check out the YouTube, Badass Outdoors podcast, Badass Outdoors, Twitter, Badass Outdoors. Do we have any other social platforms that we use these days? Oh, I'm on TikTok. Oh yeah, (laughs) are are you dancing on TikTok? Is that what you are? Are you doing the dances? I was confused about what TikTok was. So I do, I have a lot of like releases of Steelhead to yeah. music. That's pretty much all it is, but it's still entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to find you on TikTok now. Um, yeah. TikTok's one of those weird platforms where you're like, I feel like I should be doing this, but I also feel like I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk to you soon, hopefully before the Sportsman Show again next year. Good luck in everything that you're doing. Take care of yourself. Be healthy. All that stuff. And, um, yeah, we will talk to you
1: soon. Thanks so much, Alex. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We really do appreciate it. If you're digging this podcast, please share it with just one other person. It really would mean the world to us. Make sure you go to the website right now and you grab yourself a hat or sticker or t-shirt or something, because right now in the month of May, we're giving away one Lama Glass Redline Rod. We're not giving it away. We're buying it for one customer every single day in the month of May. That's a rod a day in the month of May. One Lama Glass Redline medium spinning rod, great steelhead rod. We are going to send one to a lucky customer every day in the month of May. If you get the golden ticket in your order, that means there's a Lama Glass rod on its way to you. So head to the website, check that out, go to the Facebook page, say what's up to us, go on Instagram, tag us in your photos, keep being awesome. We love you guys. Take care of yourselves and we'll talk to you soon.